Good morning. It's always a, a treat every year when I come to MFI to be invited to speak in this local church. I come here always excited. Reason is you are such a, a receptive audience. And I, and, I, and, I, and I mean that. This morning before I came, I spoke in another church in Gilroy, their first service. And uh, it was quiet, but I know that here is not quiet. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here and uh, to appreciate all of you. Our partnership this many years has actually produced a lot of fruits. Your involvement in our work in Nigeria is, uh, is just very strategic. Uh, without the help of this local church that has been so faithful in supporting our work, I don't know if we will be able to accomplish uh, a lot of things that the Lord has used us to accomplish. You don't know how much uh, your uh, faithful contribution and donation makes uh, in our country. In fact, your involvement is so strategic for us that I, I always have your church in our prayer list. We pray for you every Friday when we meet to pray because you mean a lot to us. And I want to let you know that uh, the Lord sent me here this morning to give you a word. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Mark? Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. I want to read from verses 1 to 5. It says, Jesus went into a synagogue again. Meaning that he's been into another one or this same one again. A man had a paralyzed hand. Other translations who said a, man hand, a man's hand was withered. Another one would say shriveled. But this one said paralyzed. He had a paralyzed hand, and he was there. The people were watching Jesus closely. They wanted to see whether he will heal the man on the day of worship so that they could accuse him of doing something wrong. Verse 3. So he told the man with the paralyzed hand, stand in the center of the synagogue. Then he asked him, is it right to do good or to do evil? in the day of worship, or give a person back his health, or let him die. But they, they were silent. Jesus was angry as he looked around at them, and he was deeply hurt because their minds were crossed, closed. Then he told the man, hold out your hand. Another hand, another transition will say, stretch forth your hand. But this one said, hold out your hand. The man held it out, and his hand became normal again. Hallelujah. His hand became normal again. So another translation will say, stretch forth your hand. This one said, hold out your hand. Whichever one is the same. But here is what I want to say this morning. That is the topic. If you get nothing, this is the topic of the message and it's the message. You can have it if you are willing to stretch for it. You can have it if you are willing to stretch for it. 
God has put a word in my spirit for this body this morning. And I must prophesy to anyone with ears to hear. God is setting his people free. God is setting his people free. You say, but Pastor Kasnia, I'm a child of God. What, what more freedom do I need? Well, yes, you may be a child of God and yet be bound. Bound by religion. Bound by traditions and the philosophies of man. Bound by the limitations of past experiences. You could be bound by fear of failure. And you could be bound by the fear of man. Bound by insecurities and personal doubts you have. But I prophesy this morning that by the end of this message, somebody is going free. You are not only going to go free, the, my God tells me that you are coming out and you are coming up. And you are going to get what the devil said you couldn't have. And you're going to do what the people said you could never do. And you are going to be a different person because God wants to transform you. I wish somebody that believed that prophetic word would give God a shout of praise right now. I want you to slap somebody high five and tell them you can have it. If you are willing to stretch for it. Yes. You actually can have it. If you are willing to stretch for it. That's the word. So Mark chapter 3. Verse 1. Which is our text this morning. Begins by telling us that Jesus. Entered. Again. Into the synagogue. I could preach on that one phrase all day. Jesus entered again into the synagogue. The number one need of the church is the manifest presence of God. That's the number one need. We've got talents. I am so impressed with the worship this morning. We've got talents. The Lord has given us a lot of talents. And look at your church. After your remodeling, things look wonderful. So we got the carpet on the floors. And we have padded pews. And we've got overhead projectors. And we have PowerPoint presentation. We have theology. But we need, what we need right now is the presence of God. What we need is the firepower of the old saints who knew how to get hold of the horns of the altar. Those who know how to persevere in prayer until the very presence was pregnanted with the tangible presence of God. I like the modern conveniences. I do. I like the modern conveniences of our day as much as you do. But if it's a choice 
between modern conveniences and the manifest presence of Jesus, there is no competition. There is no competition at all. I would rather be in a barn with sawdust on the floor and hair bells for our pew and have the presence of Jesus than the finest cathedral with the very comfort and convenience money could buy. There is nothing you can trade for the presence of God. When Jesus shows up, miracles happen. When Jesus shows up, the drug addicts are released. The alcoholics, the homosexuals, the demon-possessed are instantly set free when Jesus shows up. No wonder the old-timers, the old saints used to sing this song, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Because Jesus makes a whole difference. Now, I want you to notice something. Not all religious people really want Jesus to show up at the church. If you look at the text we read, the religious, religious people were watching him to see if he will heal so that they will accuse him. Not all religious people, maybe not here, but not all people in church like to see Jesus show up at church. They like to sing about him. They love to, they love to talk about him. They like to preach about him. But when Jesus really shows up, he messes up their routine. Because Jesus always comes with his own agenda. When Jesus entered this, temple, this synagogue, there was something there. There was a man there which had a withered hand, a paralyzed hand. And the religious leaders were watching him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him. Many times, ladies and gentlemen, it's religion itself that is the greatest hindrance to the manifest presence of God. I can't get past this part of the, of the, of the text because it's such a blessing to know that everybody doesn't have to agree with you for you to get blessed. They don't have, even have to like you for you to get blessed. I know it, it comes as a shock to many of you, but everybody in the church doesn't want you blessed. There are some people that are happy to see you struggle and are happy to see you have to pinch pennies and worry about how you are going to pay your light bill. There are some people that take pleasure in your pain they take pleasure in your loneliness and your hardships. It makes them feel superior to be able to look down on their self-righteous noses on you. But I came to tell you something this morning. When God gets ready to bless you, he is not going to consult with the self-righteous, long-nosed hypocrites 
He's not going to ask their opinion before he blesses you. He's just going to do it. You see, religious opposition couldn't stop Jesus from ministering the power of God to this needy man. Everywhere Jesus went, religious Pharisees and hypocrites opposed him, as they still oppose him today. But he just threw them up and spit them out and healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, and cast out devils. Because that's what he came to do. Please, please know this. The person, as I preach this message this morning, the person on either side of you may be as dead as four o'clock in the morning. And as dry as last year's corn shocks. But if you are hungry and thirsty this morning for God to help you and bless you, God will climb over that person to come and touch you this morning. You just have to be hungry. You just have to be ready. Because God wants to do something different this morning. Is there anybody in the house hungry for Jesus' touch? The fact that this man's hand was withered, the man that we read in the text, the fact that his hand was withered tells me something. It tells me he is either he either contracted a disease or he had some kind of accident. The man with the withered hand, either he contracted a disease that withered his hand or he had some kind of accident. In other words, he wasn't born that way. He was not born that way. So let me just tell somebody right now, right here. You weren't born that way. You weren't born addicted to pornography. You were not born prejudiced. You were not born a liar or a thief. You weren't born a pedophile. You weren't born a homosexual or a lesbian. I don't care what they are saying today. But the disease called sin deformed your life and made it something ugly and painful. But the good news is there is a cure for you today. It is the power of the blood of Jesus. In fact, the old hymn that we sing says, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I wish somebody would take about 60 seconds this morning and praise God for the power of the blood. The power that set you and I free. Some of you were drug addicts. Some of you were addicted to pornography. Some of you had one immoral relationship after another and went from one partner to the next. But the blood of Jesus washed you. The blood of Jesus set you free. I know you are looking good today. And not only looking good, 
you are smelling good. But there was a time back when you didn't look so good. There was a time when you didn't smell so good. Thank God for the power of the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about the power of the blood of Jesus to heal your heart, to heal your mind, to purge your conscience. Somebody needs to know this morning that you weren't born that way. You weren't born depressed. You weren't born angry. You were not born discouraged. You were not born fearful and lonely. You were not born full of doubts and dreads about the future. That was not how God made you. You weren't born with a broken heart. You were not born with aborted dreams and lost visions. You weren't born with the history of disappointments and failures. That was not how God made you. But life happened. Life happened. And life is not always kind. And life is not always fair. And it withered up your hand. It withered up your hand of faith. And it withered up your expectations of better days. And now you have quit dreaming. You have quit reaching. You have quit expecting. You've just settled down into an existence. One of the worst things that can ever happen to a person is to quit dreaming and settle down into just existing. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. When Jesus entered that synagogue that morning, Jesus looked at this man and he saw more than just a withered hand. He saw a withered life. He saw all his anger and frustration. He saw all his disappointments and broken dreams. He saw every time this man had tried and failed. Then Jesus said to him, Stretch forth thy hand. Stretch forth thy hand. You know, the, a man whose hand was withered, and he's been that way for a long time, stretching forth the hand is going to be a lot of work. Jesus knew it's going to be hard. He knew it's going to take some effort. He knew you are going to have to push past bad experiences of the past. He knew there's going to be some pain to stretch for the hand. He knew you're going to have to overcome some religious opposition. He knew he's going to make some people mad. But go ahead and stretch forth thy hand. Child of God, this morning I am encouraging you. If we are going to go anywhere in God, we are going to have, we have to stretch forth our hand. It may cause some discomfort. It may upset some people. 
Some people may turn their backs on you. Some people may lie on you. But to walk with Jesus, to walk with Jesus, you have to be willing to get out of the boat. So part of the stretching is separation from the crowd. Part of the stretching Jesus is talking about here is separation from the crowd. Everybody can go where God is taking you. Everybody doesn't want to go where God is taking you. The Bible teaches us to follow the cloud, not the crowd. The glory of God is in the cloud, not the crowd. That withered hand represents all the can't-dos of religion and all the opposition to your dreams and visions and even desires. The withered hand represents all the negative elements in your life that contradict the promises of God in your life. The negatives that you battle with, you don't have enough money, you don't have a good enough education, you're too young, you're too old, you don't have enough faith, What they are saying is, you can't have that. You can can see it. Somebody else can reach it, but it's always going to be out of your reach. Too far back on the shelf. You feel like gravity is just pulling you down. And you are destined to live the withered life. But I came to tell you this this morning. That even gravity itself can't hold you down if you got enough power. It doesn't matter if all the forces of the universe are waged against you. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God be for us, the Bible said, who can be against us? When Jesus spoke those words to that man, Stretch forth thy hand. Those words ignited an explosion in his spirit. And faith came alive. And instantly, the impossible became possible. Instantly, he was able to do what everybody said he could never do. Instantly, everything he can do before he now was able to do them. Instantly, that which was withered became whole and complete. Somebody I'm talking to right now is getting ready to break through. Somebody I'm talking to right now is getting ready to break through. You are getting ready to break loose. It's taking some stretching, but you're going to make it. Somebody's mind is being stretched right now. Somebody's faith is being stretched. Somebody is breaking out of the status quo. Somebody is seeing himself right now doing what they said you could not do. I came to lose you from human limitations. From religious limitations. I came to lose you from demonic limitations. 
which was placed on you by the world. I came to tell you one thing. It's yours. You can have it. I want to tell you this morning that it is your father's good pleasure to give unto you the keys of the kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure to give unto you the keys of the kingdom. That house, that car, that ministry, that new level of anointing, that household salvation, that open doors you've been praying for, that joy that you've needed, the fire you used to have is coming back. That peace you desired is yours. I came to tell you today that the devil is a liar. And I came to tell you, you can have it. You can reach for it. You can reach it if you are willing to stretch. You're going to have to stretch. You're going to have to stretch beyond religion. Beyond tradition. You are going to have to stretch beyond the comfort zone. You are going to have to stretch beyond people's opinions. Listen, if I had let people, what people said about me or thought about me, enter my heart, I wouldn't be preaching the gospel today. But I made up my mind, I'm not going to let small-minded people limit the power of a big God in my life. Don't let the opinion of small-minded people limit what the big God you're serving wants to do in your life. I'm not going to let that happen. You, are going, you have to stretch. To go this new level I'm talking about, you are, going, you are going to have to pray like you never prayed before. To get to this new level I'm talking about, you are going to have to pray like you never prayed before. That's the first thing. Second thing, you are going to praise like you never praised before. The third thing, you are going to sow like you never sowed before. You can have it. You can reach it if you are willing to stretch. I want you to go with me to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 to 3. I want you to see something there. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 to 3 said, Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Hallelujah. I want you to notice all the words that speak of stretching there. All the words. Stretching here means going beyond. Look at the word. Enlarge. Stretch forth. Spare not. Lengthen. Those are powerful words. And after the enlarging, the stretching, the lengthening, and the strengthening, then he says, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. 
In other words, ladies and gentlemen, God is saying there is so much power released in your stretching. There is so much power released in your stretching that it will even reach your seed and bring them into blessings they will never have had if you hadn't stretched. What I'm saying this morning is that there are generational blessings that are released when you stretch into the faith realm. And I wish somebody had enough faith right now to just stretch out your hand into the faith realm and take hold of that ministry you've been believing God for. Take hold of that husband's salvation you've been believing for. Take hold of those rebellious children and pull them into the kingdom of God. Take hold of that degree that you have been working to get. Take hold of that miracle healing that God promised you. Take hold of divine prosperity that God promised you. God never called you into a withered life. He called you into an abundant life. You were never called into a withered life. When he saw the man withered, he said, that's not the life I came to give. God did not call you to the withered life. Wherever you are withered in your life right now, call life, bring life into it right now. I dare somebody to get up right now and stretch. Start stretching into the realm of the faith. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor something. Say, excuse me. Excuse my reach. Excuse my reach. I see something God promised me. And I have to, I have to straight to get it. Hallelujah. You may be seated. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to close right, right now. But I feel a stretching anointing. I feel a stretching anointing. Somebody has been held back by religion for some time. You've been held back by tradition, by people's opinions of you, by fear of failure. You've been held back by disappointments of past defeats. But today, today, you're breaking the barrier. You're breaking the limitations. When I travel all over the Africa and come to the United States. There's something I notice when a jet, when a flight, uh, a jet breaks the sound barrier, it creates a sonic boom. Right now, we are creating some sonic booms in hell. Right now, we are rattling the walls of hell. And I mean it. This is this is very prophetic. Right now, we are rattling the walls of hell. This is the day. Satan has feared. The day you got the revelation that you can have it if you are willing to stretch. Listen. You and I were just like Abraham. Abraham, God said to him, Abraham, lift up your eyes. Look to the east. Look to the west. Look to the north. Look to the south. Abraham did. And Abraham, God said, I want to bless you. 
I want you to have all that land that you have seen in the four directions of the world. Everything your eyes can see, Abraham, I'm going to give to you. But here is the condition. You have to stretch. You have to live where you are right now. Where you are right now cannot get you what I am about to give you. You have to stretch. You have to take down your tent and start walking. I'm talking to somebody. You've been camped in the same place too long. Everything in your life is stagnated right now. You haven't made any progress in God for years. But you're a child of God. Your prayer life is at the same level. Your praise life is at the same level. Your sowing, your giving is at the same level. And your faith is at the same level it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's time to stretch again. That's what God sent me to come and tell you as individuals and as a church. It's time to stretch again. It's time to take down the tent and start walking. There are blessings waiting in the activity of your faith. There are blessings waiting on the activity of your faith. I want to give you an example. Remember the four lepers? They said to each other, why sit we here till we die? Why sit we here till we die? When the four lepers made the decision to walk over to the enemy's camp, God amplified their footsteps. God amplified their footsteps. The four lepers' footsteps transformed into thousands of soldiers. And their enemies thought a battalion of soldiers were coming. They ran for their lives. And as they ran, they left their gold, left their silver, left their food, and even their donkeys. What happened? What happened? When the lepers moved, God moved. That's what happened. When the lepers decided to move, God moved. Some of you are sitting around saying, when God gets ready, I know it's going to be great. When God gets ready, I'm going to walk in a greater anointing. I'm going to see miracles, signs and wonders. When God gets ready, I'm going to walk in divine prosperity. I'm just waiting on God to move. The truth is, beloved, God is just waiting on you to move. God is waiting on you to move. Your activity of faith is what activates the power of God 
in your behalf. Jesus said, stretch it out. Stretch it out. And when he stretched it out, it was made complete and whole. Had he remained like this and said, Jesus, you don't know what I'm going through. I've been this way all my life. This is the way I have seen my life. But when Jesus said, stretch it out, it was difficult. It was painful. It was embarrassing. He stretched it out. And the Bible said he was made complete and whole. I made up my mind a long time ago. I want God to give me all that he wants to give me. I want what God has for me, and I'm willing to stretch for it. So, if you see me getting more emotional than usual, I'm just stretching. When I sow a bigger seed than usual, don't be embarrassed. I'm just stretching. If I get a little more crazy in my dance in church, I tell my members, don't worry, I'm just stretching. If I bump into you while I'm shouting, I apologize, but I'm just stretching because there is something I see in the faith realm. And God said I can have it, and I'm willing to stretch for it. I don't know where you are this morning and what you're doing right now. You can't continue to be where you are and expect God to come and babysit you. The time has come for us to begin to stretch. Stretch in every area of our Christian life. Stretch. It may not be comfortable. You can only give yourself out of poverty. But you cannot keep yourself in poverty. You cannot continue to hoard and become rich. You give yourself out of poverty. Giving is a stretch. Living for God is a stretch. Serving God is a stretch. Doing what is needed is a stretch. In what we do in Africa, if it's not a stretch, you can do it. Ministry is a stretch. Staying in marriage is a stretch. Loving your kids is a stretch. God wants you to know that I want you to just go beyond your limits. Don't let anything keep you down. I don't know what it is that God has promised you that you haven't seen manifested in your life yet. But I came to tell you, God is not withholding it from you. Whatever God has promised you, he is not withholding it from you. He's just requiring you to stretch and get it. Whatever promise God has made, he wants you to be willing to stretch to get it. It's not going to fall on your laps. God wants you to reach out and get it. And that is the reason why when he entered that synagogue, he saw the man that had been there 
And, I, and all the members of the synagogue thought it was the normal way of living with a hand that is withered. My friend, it's not normal. When your hands or business is withered, God wants you to be prosperous. It's not normal. When your hand is withered in any area of life, God wants you to live abundant life, not a withered life. If you are withered in any aspect of your life this morning, I came here to get you out of it. It's time for not to continue to enjoy a withered life. You can't continue to celebrate mediocrity. You can't continue to celebrate limitation. He didn't come to limit our lives. He came to give us abundant life. And wherever you are withered this morning, the word of God is saying to you, stretch that area. Stretch that area. Once you stretch the area that you feel withered, you can see God come and bring life to it. Remember the lepers. There were four of them. They were put out of community, out of touch of anybody. They didn't allow the opinion of people to keep them from reaching what the God, God had planned for them. They said, if we remain where they have kept us, if we remain where society placed us, we are going to die here. What did they do? They began to walk. And the Lord amplified their steps. And when their steps were amplified, their enemies who had held them bound took up and they regained their life. This is what I want to let you know right now. Somebody is occupying your territory. Somebody is occupying your territory in the spiritual world. Somebody is withholding what rightfully belongs to you. Somebody is not supposed to be there stopping you from getting to your destiny. But that person is there because you've not risen up to claim what belongs to you. Until you say enough is enough, God will not say amen. This morning, you know yourself more than I know you. Where is it in your life that you see with that life that needs to be improved. Call upon God right now and say, Lord, I am stretching that area. If you are going through financial difficulty, do a stretch in that area. If you are going, having a problem rising to the next level of your ministry, rise there anyway and let them see you functioning in that area. Let there be a stretch this morning. What we do is a work of faith, not performance. If we can begin to walk in faith, the God that called us will order our steps. Let's buy our heads in prayer. I believe some people are here right now who feel withered, either by hand or by leg, emotional bewilderment. Which area in your life that needs a touch of God right now? Which area of your life that needs the touch of God right now? The power of God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. He sent me to preach this message. You will have it if you're willing to stretch for it. 
that deliverance will come to you this morning. You have to stretch for it. Become tired with where you are right now. Refuse the status quo and say, this is enough. I need to get from here to the next level. And that's the plan of God for your life. Wherever you are right now, say, Lord, I want to leave this place to the next level. Your ministry, your business, your career, the plan of God for your life is abundant, not stagnation. You can't continue to be in one place year after year. That's existence. God did not call you to just survive. He called you to succeed. He did not call you to su just survive. God called you to succeed. And I want to pray for success right now for every one of you. Father, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth who called me, I release upon this congregation right now a turnaround. A complete turnaround. Father, I release, oh God, a touch of the Holy Ghost. The power from on high. Father, every child of God here who has been withered in one area of his or her life, Father, as they stretch out right now, let them be complete and whole in the name of Jesus. I declare completion right now. I declare healing right now. I declare the power of Holy Ghost come down like a, like a rain from heaven. Father, infiltrate our agenda. Remove every satanic plan on our life. Destroy the kingdom of devil and establish your own kingdom. I pray for prosperity. I pray for release. I pray for healing. I pray for completion. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for what you've done. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's celebrate him right now. Give him a clap offering. Thank you, Lord.